Well, those of you who need, need the notes online, it uh, should be on our website right now as well. Um, today, as you know, is Valentine's Day. It's a, obviously a different kind of Valentine's Day uh, in the natural, but, uh, and I have a different kind of Valentine's message, although I don't really ever think the year, oh, it's a Valentine, I better come up with a message. But this one kind of fell that way in my spirit. Um, it's a biblical thing, though, about love and uh, celebrating love. It's in the Bible, and just to kind of give you an under, a, a view of it, um, just kind of an introduction, Song of Solomon 6, verse 4, is Jesus, the bridegroom king, is speaking to his bride, the, 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 the body of Christ, the, the redeemed, who in this context <clears throat> were his covenant people. Now today, it's, the, it's Jews and Gentiles who've both given their hearts to Jesus and are, are either Jews that are Messianic or Gentiles who've come to Christ. He's looking at the church, the identity of the church as the bride of Christ. And he's saying over us, Oh, my love, you are beautiful as Tirzah, lovely as Jerusalem. Sounds, it's the divine romance of God. It's the holy intimacy of the bridegroom for his bride. But then he like totally shifts. He's like, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you're lovely. You are awesome as an army with banners. And he just shifts right into this whole, he juxtaposes these two pictures. And I, you, you probably you can't see it up there, but there, I uh, was going to have a picture up here of a bride with a bridal gown with army boots. There it is. And, uh, and so that's, that's the picture. He sees us as the beautiful bride, but as an awesome army, marching, advancing the kingdom of God against the enemy. Paragraph A, I want us to look today at a different expression of love that we don't usually think about. Sometimes love involves a battle. Sometimes love involves a struggle. Sometimes love involves a spiritual fight. Some people accuse me of being stuck in the 80s with my illustrations. So I thought of, uh, when I was looking at this, praying about this, Pat Benatar in the 80s had a song called Love is a Battlefield. Now, some, oh, wow, you're not from the 80s, Sloan, but all right. All right. But now that's not a Christian song at all. But the sentiment, the idea is biblical. Love sometimes requires a fight. Matthew 11, verse 12, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven allows for a violent conflict, and the violent ones take it by force. So when we want the kingdom of heaven to come into our lives, be it blessing of, of material or in our health or our joy or our peace, there's a fight involved in, in calling forth the kingdom of God, the influence of God to come and and take up residence in our experience in our life. Love fights. Love fights against evil. Love fights for the cause of the unborn and the weak and the innocent. Love fights for what is right and true to prevail. That's an, that is a form, an expression of divine love. Paragraph B, I have the sense that many of us are feeling a pressure 
are feeling and a growing sense of weariness in the battles that we are facing against evil. I'm feeling that. As the pressures on the outside continue, the pressures of cultural crisis and confusion going on in our nation, as other kinds of pressures continue on in our lives, there is a a pull on us. As the pressures on the outside continue, there's a mounting pressure on the inside to coast in our faith, to kind of draw back in our obedience toward the commands of the Lord. There's a pressure on the inside to kind of quit running hard after God. And that's an internal fight that I believe the Lord's going to help us with today to say, no, 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 I'm getting back. I'm signing up all the way again. Love is a battlefield, and I'm going to continue to fight for what's right. That's why I put this little T-shirt up here. It's one of our T-shirts around here. Some people wear this. It says, if we don't quit, we win. If we don't quit, we win. They say this at International House of Prayer. There are no super saints. There's just Christians who refuse to quit. They, They stumble. We have weaknesses, we have temptations, tendencies, but we we fall, we get back up. We refuse to quit. That's what God calls of us. Besides, true love, true love doesn't quit. God is love. Here's the kicker. God is love. 1 John 4, 16 says God is love, and God is not quitting on you. He's not quitting on you going after your heart. I love it. That really inspires me. He's saying, I'm coming after you, Glenn, even when you're like, oh, I'm weak. It's like, I'm coming after your heart. So what do we do? We say yes. We just keep saying yes. And watch how he, as he pulls us more and more into his heart. As I was typing this this week, I mean, it was in the prayer room this week, Sarah Edwards, the daughter, the sister-in-law of Misty Edwards, she was singing this. It was like, whoa, I got to get this quick. Rewound it. My part is to believe in you, she sings. My part is to believe in you, God. My part is to cling to your truth. My part is to not quit before you. So I stop all negotiations with the God of all creation. You're bigger than I thought you were. This is the song of someone engaged in a battle for love. I stop all negotiations with the God of all creation. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 and 8 from the Phillips translation. I love this translation. I use this at weddings. It says, love, about, this is about love doesn't quit. Love knows no limit to its endurance, no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. It is, in fact, the one thing that still stands when all else has fallen. Paragraph C, I want us today to look at Joshua chapter 1. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I want us to look at this because God exhorted Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 to be strong and of good courage. Basically, God exhorted Joshua to not quit in his ministry assignment before him. In this chapter, God gives four motivations 
for Joshua to not quit. And I believe these are motivations that stir me still today to not quit on the inside. You know, you can fake it on the outside and have quit on the inside. That's, that's religion. <laughs> it's when you're outside going through the motions, but on the inside, you're dead. You have a name that says you're alive, but you're dead on the inside. So I, I'm praying today that, and, and this is not a theoretical sermon. This is, this, these things drop in my spirit con- con- regularly to keep me being strong and of good courage. So I want to look at these. Therefore, I'll just summarize it first. God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous for the people's sake, for your sake, for the Lord's sake, and for the rebels' sake. Four distinct reasons to be motivated to not quit, to walk in the strength and courage of the Lord. Let's read it. At least I have it in your notes, the, the verses that I have. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage, Joshua, for to this people you shall divide an inheritance in the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only be strong and courageous, Joshua, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, Joshua? Be strong and of good courage. A third time, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. How many of us battle being dismayed? Right? Don't be dismayed. Part of strength and courage. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Verse 18, whoever rebels, the rebel's sake, whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Now that verse 18 is kind of rough. You know, it's Old Testament. There's some thoughts there, you know, but... Basically, God's saying, Joshua, I've given you this ministry assignment, and I've got your back. Ultimately, their rebellion was against the Lord. And of course, we can see that through a New Testament communion, blood of Jesus, mercy lens, okay? But we see the four motivations to be strong and of good courage. For the people's sake around us, for our own sake, for the Lord's sake, and for the rebel's sake make a few comments about those, Roman numeral three. Um, But the first thing I really want to say about this is that the only secure source of strength and courage is found in the knowledge of God. That's to be our source of strength and courage. It's not in our personality type that makes us strong and courageous. It's not watching Avengers movies. I threw that in for you, Ben. Not watching Avengers movies or, or, or you know, army movies, Saving Private Ryan or, 
whatever the tank movies are. You know, it's not those that give us strong and, you know, I, I feel a little strong and courageous when I come out of something like that, but that's not our source. Our source is in the knowledge, encountering personally the Lord himself. It's out of that knowledge. Look at Daniel 11.32. The people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So we spend our lives, Scripture talks about, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We set ourselves into this encounter of personal knowledge of the Lord that brings us divine strength. And what do we do after the strength that God gives us? We do exploits. We're called to do exploits. Signs and wonders, the power of God. Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The lights came on in here. Strength came. Power came. I don't think it gets any brighter in here except for the glory. They that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. Proverbs 28, 1, the wicked man flees when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. It's not a personality type, again, that makes you bold. It's not how loud you can yell. It's about walking in right standing before the God of mercy and grace. That's what gives us boldness. That's what gives us courage. So you don't have to just look at a few people. Oh, well, they're that way. I just don't think I'll be that way. No, we all have access to this kind of divine strength and courage. Be strong, first of all, paragraph A, first motivation, be strong for the people's sake, Joshua. Church, be strong for the people around you, for their sake. The people around you need you, now we know where our source is, but they need you to be strong and courageous so that they can enter in to the blessings that God has for them. They need you. They need you. Grace and Kyle, when they were real little, we were in East Texas, and we had some thunderstorms come. And I mean, some of those things, you've, you've, most of you have been in these things where the lightning is like 30 feet outside the, the window. I mean, crash, it hit the tree. East Texas, Piney Woods of East Texas. Man, it hit that tree, and <laughs> Grace and Kyle came running into the bed. <laughs> and I knew they were watching my expression. If daddy is freaking out, then it's permission to freak out. But I was calm. And I thought, wait a minute, they're watching me. They're looking. And I mean, I had some fear. I was like, well, you know, I've heard that if lightning hits a socket, it could shoot through the TV and come into my face or something. I've heard that. I'm not a scientist again, but 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 there and I, and I thought no I stayed calm but then I went I turned it into a teaching thing oh kids isn't God amazing look at the power of God in nature look what he did with the lightning I said isn't that beautiful it just lit up the whole backyard and they're looking at me like <laughs> okay you know I don't know how much they were enjoying my illustration but I was trying to turn it around so that my my being calm took strength, it took, it, but it was important for the people around me, for my congregation, my Grace and Kyle, three and four years old, to stay calm. 
the pastor I, I served under in East Texas uh, was an elder there and a Christian school principal. His ninth grade son, we, you know, when you play Christian athletics, you know, you go to these gymnasiums and basketball that are not really, you know, safe. Like, like you know what I'm talking about. So it was some building with these big metal beams on the side right under the baskets, you know. And so his son's like doing this fast break and he gets pushed and he goes, he hits right into this big beam, metal beam, and you know, he's out. Well, he wasn't knocked out, but it, there was this big indentation in his forehead. He, he falls to the ground. I get up, I'm the coach, feeling totally responsible, of course, anyway, but I run out there. I start praying. I don't know if I probably prayed in tongues silently. It wasn't a charismatic school we were playing, but it didn't matter. I was praying. His dad, our senior pastor, calmly walks out and stayed very calm. He's knelt down and he said, he prayed. He said, Lord, before he was my son, he was your son. Lord, release healing into his body right now. I never forgot that. He was and still is a great preacher. His son is now the senior pastor of that church, the one who. But I remembered that as if it was more valuable than 20 sermons he ever preached. He was strong for the people's sake. It marked me. It takes strength on the inside to stay calm, to stay at peace when all those about you are losing their heads and blaming it on you. It takes the inner strength. So be strong for the people's sakes. Little a under uh, big A, Bible. the Bible commands us to bear one another's burdens. It takes strength. Be strong for the people's sake. Bear one another's burdens, it says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Again, I'm kind of stuck in the, this one's really back. I'm stuck in 1969 a song by the Hollies called, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. Anybody remember that? I'm not going to have you play it, but uh, it, it, was, it was a song that was a big hit, and it was the idea that those who are in here, you see that he's carrying his brother on his shoulders. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think that's a, a good, here's the words to the song. It says, the road is long with many a winding turn, that leads to who knows where, but I'm strong, strong enough to carry him. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. Bad English, good theology. <laughs> We're to bear one another's burdens. It takes strength for the people's sake to bear one another's burdens. Now, how do we do that today? I mean, I, you know, I could hey, say, Sloan, come up here. I'm going to jump on your back. And no, you don't have to do that. I don't want to hurt you. But how do we do it today? I listed a few things. I don't know if I listed these in your notes or not, but I think I maybe did. Um, here's, some few, here's a few ways to bear one another's bur burdens. Babysit for them so they can have a date night. And, and, they, and, their, and revival broke out in the cash dens. What's your phone number? You want me to go ahead? All right, it's on the slide. Um, babysit, cook a meal. If you're like me, drop off a meal. Don't cook a meal. You wouldn't necessarily want me to cook the meal. 
unless you wanted Velveeta in it or something, okay? Send a note of encouragement. That bears someone's burden. That bears someone, that's, that's bearing someone's burden. Join a prayer chain. We have a prayer chain. Chuck and Nancy Green have one. If you're interested, let us know. So join a prayer chain. That's bearing people's burdens. Uh, shovel snow. Or, like, or, or I know a guy out in East Texas had 10 generators, portable generators in his garage. And a big ice storm came and knocked out all the power. He went around and gave them to the widows and the people that didn't have so they could have power. That's bearing someone's burden, okay? Just practical things. I'm sure you can come up with the list. Um, come to prayer sets. Come to prayer sets. We bear the burdens of others by praying together, fighting in prayer for the lives of the unborn, for good government, for corruption to be exposed, for revival and awakening. Friday at our, at our prayer set, we had this impression the Lord was blowing the wind of his spirit and I have this picture that we, God was calling our prayer group to help crank, you know, I grew up with little crank open windows, crank open the window so the wind could blow into the house. And so we were cranking open the window so that the wind of the Spirit could, could blow to all the other churches in our region, to the Christians in our region, to those of us who are weary, who need to be strong and have good courage. One, the last one I'll mention is listen. You bear one another's burdens. You're strong for people when you listen to them. I mean, really listen. It takes strength to stay focused because, you know, the enemy wants like, well, what about you? Think about you, you know? No. The Lord wants to lead us and strengthen us to listen to each other. It's a real gift, and it's something I aspire to do better. B, little b, I'll, I'll move faster here. Um, Romans 15, 1. We then who are strong, we're still talking about, about be strong and, occur, uh, and courageous for the people's sake. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples or the weaknesses of the weak and not to please ourselves. Romans 15, 1 gives a biblical definition of strength. You want to walk around and go, I'm a strong Christian. Okay, you know how the Bible describes you as, defines you as a strong Christian? To the degree that you can bear with the weaknesses and shortcomings of the people around you. The degree to which you don't fly off the handle. The degree to which you are patient and forbearing. That is spiritual strength. That's being strong. For the people's sake. Yeah, if, if Marissa, if you're watching, you would be whistling right now. It's an inside joke. But be strong and of good courage for the people's sake. Be, big, big, big be there. Be strong and of courageous for your sake. For your sake. Verse 7, only be strong and courageous, Joshua, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. God knew it would take strength and courage to fulfill the ministry assignment that God was giving Joshua. God gives us, all of us, as believers, ministry assignments, and he makes his blessings available to us. And so 
in both cases for us to fulfill our assignments and for us to experience his blessings, we must have his strength. We must have his strength. God's got over 8,000 promises someone counted in the Bible for you. But like cities in the promised land, most of those promises are going to require a fight, a fight of faith for you to appropriate those promises. You've got to fight to possess them. So I just want to ask you this morning, I'm asking myself this, how much of the inheritance that Jesus paid for on the cross how much of the inheritance do I want to experience? It's not a matter of going to heaven. It's a matter of how much heaven I want going to me. It's, my, my address in heaven has been settled at the cross when I said yes to Jesus. But how much of heaven do I want to come to me? God measures it. He says, how much? Well, I want, I want all. If there's 11 Christmas presents under the tree with my name on them, I want to open every one of them. But he says, okay, but you've got to have strength to open those presents. Be strong and of good courage for your sake. Little a, like Israel, Joshua and the Israelites, most of our inheritance we will have to fight. I wrote it in your notes. We will not enter into our inheritance unless we are prepared to take on the powers of darkness that oppose us and to defeat them with the weapons that God has made available to us. Christians who will not fight will not enter into all God has for them. It takes guts. Excuse me if somebody's offended by that. I'll, I'll change it. It takes intestinal fortitude to be a Christian. We have to be able to contend with the enemy, the powers of darkness, in the power of the Spirit. Little B, when I was diagnosed in 1984 with, with asthma, I couldn't breathe for the longest time. I was a youth pastor up at a church in Waco, and, and uh, Suzanne and I were dating, <clears throat> and, uh, but I was just like, <sighs> so I, finally, a couple of weeks of this thing, taking all kinds of cough syrup, stuff like that, I went to a specialist. Specialist did all these tests. Specialist said, Glenn, you have asthma. You will have it the rest of your life. And of course, I wanted to go, <laughs> I rebuke that. I bind that. I break that. And, you know, but in my heart, I did not receive it. I didn't. I, I was going to believe. You know, I was at, at that time in the church, I was learning a lot about confessing the promises of God. The, the, the promised land that Joshua and them went into, we have a land of promises. So I was wanting to take that city called asthma and knock it out and have free health and breathing be, take place in that city. If you follow my illustration. So I decided to fight. Suzanne and I were dating. He gave me these pills to take three times a day to help me breathe. They maybe worked for 30 minutes. Like I was back to the... I said, I said I, the strongest cough, med, cough drops back then was, were hold, H-O-L-D, hold cough things. And I hated them, but they helped me breathe a little. My heart was to, was to take the cough, cough drops enough to where I could breathe enough to declare God's word enough. 
God, you're, by your stripes I'm healed. By your stripes I'm healed. And the, all the different verses on healing. And so I'd say, Suzanne, can you go to the store and get me some more holds to, to, to breathe? It still was this big battle. And I'd heard that Gloria Copeland had a healing school going on up at Fort Worth and Tarrant County Convention Center. It's like, I, I, I need to be healed. So I got in my car, drove from Waco up to Fort Worth, Saturday morning, about, she taught for about three hours on healing, and like eight till 11, and then she came time for her to, for, for us to be prayed for. And I mean, there was thousands of people up at the front were like probably three lines deep of people waiting to get healed. You know how you'd line them up, and she'd go along and pray for people, be healed in whatever she prayed. And so I'm here, like right in the middle of maybe the second row, and all, every person she prayed for fell over. Every time she'd pray, they'd fall, 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 you know. And then it's like, uh-oh, we're going to get to the second. They're all going to fall too, probably. And I was like, Lord, you're, you created heaven and earth. You can knock me over if you want. But I didn't drive to Fort Worth to fall over. I drove to Fort Worth to get healed. So I just said, Lord, it took strength and courage to say what I'm here for, and I didn't come there to go to get along, go along to get along. I said, Lord, here I am. So all the people on this, I'm not judging anybody, okay? I'm just saying for me, fall, 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 you know, let the bodies hit the floor. They all, they all hit the floor. They get to me. A couple of people just got that. All right. They all get to me. And then she gets to me, and I'm just, and I, you know, she didn't push me. I just, and then people fell. Probably most of them fell. I didn't. I felt embarrassed. I fought it off. But I got healed. I got healed. I drove back to Waco. I didn't get instantly healed. I was still, but, and the doctor says, take the medicine. So the medicine I took to keep me breathing, actually clogged me up. So after a couple of days of that, I'm like, forget this, tossed it, and that was 1984. So I, I had to fight, was my point. Fight for your sake. It was embarrassing, but I got healed. C, third reason, motivation, for the Lord's sake. Be strong and of good courage, for the people around you's sake, for your own sake, how much do you want to encounter and experience? I'll just throw this in. I did it in Sunday school. Be strong and of good courage for, for your sake concerning eternal reward as well. That's a whole other message on what motivates us. It's what we do now, how we choose to fight now. If we don't quit, we win. There's a heavenly reward for us to not quit now. Third motivation, be strong and of good courage for the Lord's sake. I'd say this is probably my favorite one. It's for the Lord's sake. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. He says there, verse 9, for the Lord your God, he is with you. How many of you want to bring God glory with your life? Amen. All is for your glory. Psalm 115, verse 1 says, Not to us, O God, not to us, but to your name be glory. 
2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all God's promises are yes for us. And the amen, the so be it, is spoken by us to the glory of God. When you say, I'm believing God's promises above what I feel or see, you're bringing God glory. And when you get healed or God comes in and and turns around something, a situation you've been praying for, you bring God glory. Be strong and of good courage for the Lord's sake to bring him glory. One way to bring him glory, another one is to, like I said, is to be strong and of good courage. It doesn't mean you give him glory because you're flashy and greatly talented. I like that, but you don't have to be greatly talented to bring God glory. That, that I'm, I'm glad for that because a lot of us, including me, would be left out if that was the threshold. But I know I can give him glory by my yes and by my continuing to walk in his strength. Why did David run toward Goliath? I mean, there was this whole passage there. I, don't, I think for time's sake, I won't go into it, but Basically, David goes up, he's bringing cheese and bread to his brothers, and Goliath's there defying the armies of Israel. And David's like, what's, what's going to happen? Who's gonna, what, what's, what pri- what's the prize that is going to happen to whoever defeats this giant? And, uh, and it's, it's all this stuff, Tax, no taxes, my daughter, Saul's daughter in marriage, all this all this other, you know, fame and, and fortune would come would go to the person who beat who defeated Goliath, but David wasn't interested in the prize money. He was saying, he said, "Who?" It's I think. It, go ahead and look it in your notes. He said, "Who?" First Samuel seventeen. He said, "What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel?" For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Uncircumcised is big there because he was saying, who does this nine-foot guy think he is? He's not even in covenant with the living God. Who does this uncircumcised Philistine basically think he is that he should defy the armies of the living God? You know, when people mock Christianity, when they mock your God, when they mock my God, I ought to take that personally. We ought to take it personally, not just back off and go, well, I'll just be quiet, you know. No, we, can use, we should use wisdom, but we should speak up. Be strong and courageous. Who are they to defy? Gee, you know, give your, that's a great time to give your testimony. Jesus, turn my life around. You know, I had torn labrum in my shoulder. I was supposed to get surgery. And I decided to let a prayer team pray for me. I'd I'd give that test. I'd say, you know, God is a healer. He healed my shoulder. He healed me of asthma. Someone this week came to get bread at at the food pantry. And I don't know, I just felt prompted to tell them that one time I had no money for three days. I went to to a city to learn to pray and didn't have, you know, my job, the paycheck wasn't there for three or four days, and I had no money, so I had, so I had to fast. Well, I told this person out there, I said, I was trusting the Bible. The Lord said, he's the bread of life. I said, I'm believing. I believed back then that he was going to be the bread of life for me, 
And within 10 minutes, a lady walked around the corner at the mall with four loaves of French bread from a Lancome cologne counter. And she's an older lady. She just said, I don't know why. Do you want this bread? Well, I gave that testimony that God was my provider. And this person I was telling out on the sidewalk this week, they're like, really? I said, yeah, I mean, he's our provider. And so I invited them to come today, but they're not, they're not here probably for whatever reason. But we give testimony. We speak up. 1 Peter 3.15, Rachel, y'all can, or you are, you are the you all. You, y'all, you and the Holy Spirit come up. 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Give a defense, it says, with gentleness and respect. But give a defense. Be strong. I want to be like King David and say, oh, I, who, who do they think they are? My God saved me. He set things. He turned my life around. He healed me. He, it, the world needs to hear. For paragraph D, for the rebel's sake. For the rebel's sake, be strong and of good courage. People, when I say rebel here, for us, it's people that are they're outside of the covenant of God. They're not believers. They're rebellious to God in that they have yet to come to Christ. Be strong and of good courage because people around you who aren't believers yet are watching you. They're watching you. You've heard, many of you probably heard this, but you may be the only Bible some people ever read. You may be the only Bible. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 2 says, you, Paul said, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. We are known and read by all men, believers and unbelievers. We need strength and courage for the rebel's sake. One of my hopes is that I'll see more people come to me and not know I'm a pastor, but they'll come to me and wonder, they'll wonder, are you religious? Now that's how they'll say it. But I want, them, I want that question to be asked. I had a guy at the gym a few weeks ago come up and said, I heard you're a pastor. And I don't know what was going on with all that, but I want them to ask, and I want my life to be known and read by God's grace. My roommate in college, first two, I'm getting, being practical with some examples, and I'm about done, but he, first two weeks, a freshman at Baylor, he comes, he's my roommate, and after about two weeks, he goes, Hubbard, I noticed something. I'm like, what? He goes, you never cuss. And I, and I got, it was my open door to tell him. I, I didn't like preach at him the first day or anything like that. But it stood out to him. And a few weeks later, he went out under a tree on the campus there, Baylor University, and gave his heart to the Lord. And it, it wasn't beat him over the head, but it was... Be strong with my words for the rebel's sake. 
Let's stand up if you would. Let's respond today. We started with that verse in Song of Solomon 6 where the bridegroom, Jesus, is looking at us saying, you are beautiful, you are lovely, you are awesome as an army with banners. But then in verse 10 of Song of Solomon 6, it's the world looking at the church. And here's what the world says when it looks, when the world looks at us. Who is she who looks forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, awesome as an army with banners? God's called us as a Joshua's army to be strong and good courage. That the world will look at us. And I'm believing that even in these days ahead, as Pastor Nate said, we're so, I'm so thrilled that so many of you, you used wisdom, but you came here. You wanted to be here. Others texted and said we had to turn around. But it was that heart that says we want to join. We want to gather. We want to go for God. And those who are online, same thing. You're going for God. I'm believing in the days ahead. We're going to be seen like that. The world's going to say, look at the church. I want to be a part of a people like that. First, I want us to repent. At least I found myself doing this. This is how we'll respond. I want to repent. Uh, I have repented and I know I want to walk in this for times where I did not trust in the Lord's strength. For times when I lacked courage. So Father, as we've taken communion today, as we've received of the mercy, the power of the blood of Jesus, we just, if it in your own heart today, just ask the Lord to forgive you of trusting in self-reliance. Thank you, Lord. For not fighting, for backing off on the inside. Lord, I ask you to stir us right now. If it helps you, just open your hands to the Lord right now. Ask the Holy Spirit to, Lord, stir me to reach for you in a greater way right now. I want to walk in a way that the people around me, that I can bear their burdens. be able to bear their burdens where I will be able to appropriate these promises. Some of you, if you've been been weary on the inside right now, just begin to claim that thing again that you were praying for, but you kind of put it off to the side. Lord, I declare you've given me that as a promise, and I declare right now, I say amen to it. I say so be it. I will not Lord, forgive me and anyone else who feels led to do this. Any, any time where, Lord, I have backed off in obedience to your commands. Not to a compromising gospel, but, Lord, to your word. 
that says in thought and in deed and in word, may your life be a glory to God. Now I want us to pray I, I, to close with this prayer of Ephesians 3:17 because it's a prayer that asks that the Lord would strengthen us with might by His Spirit in the inner man. My heart, my is not that you say, oh, okay, that that was that was a message that helped me some. My heart is that when we go through this week that the gap between us wanting to back off and us saying, no, wait, I'm all the way back. Here I am. That that gap will get shortened, shorter and shorter. We'll say, no, Lord, I'm all out for you. I'm wholeheartedly living for you in holiness and in righteousness. Lord, we reach right now for that. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I agree now. Just, I just want to pray this over us like, a, like we're turning it into a prayer room. I want to intercede the apostolic prayer, Ephesians 3, 17. Paul said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. Just receive.